Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Let the Games Begin. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Friday, February 9th in the year 2024. We have a lot of things that are starting to pop as we see the deep state gets to be increasingly more panicked as they are exposed and we have to find new ways to shuttle humanity into the spheres of fear and compliance and insanity. And since humanity is about half insane these days anyway, it's not going to be very hard to do. We're already seeing more discussions about injections, increasing discussions about the shortages of food. And, of course, we can't have an evening without talking about the new virus that they're starting. But you know how that goes. You can't have a fun year 2024 without knowing that there's going to be some new pandemic virus that's going to demand a new super-duper injection that everybody's going to need to get. We'll talk all about that in just a second. Patriots, right now, food is a real issue, so take it seriously. We have a need to make sure that everybody is stocked up and well-supplied. And to do that, you, we have My Patriot Supply. Right now, if you head over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, you're going to find the one-year food kit on sale. It's 2,000 calories a day in package, solid packaging, four layers. It preserves the food for up to 25 years on shelf life. All sorts of very well-developed meals, meals to keep you well-fed and makes so the meals don't become boring over time, which is also important. All designed to deal with the hardships and stresses of food shortages and the coming crises, which we know is right on the horizon. Now, interestingly, Gen Z is proportionally more prepared than Gen X. I'm Gen X generation. Now, if Gen Z is more prepared, I think we all better take note because they're obviously seeing some things and are feeling things that we all need to be aware of. Not that we need to follow one generation or another, but it is important that everybody gets prepared. This is an important time not to take seriously what we're seeing. Food, food processing plants are collapsing, bugs are back on the menu, and the entire climate crisis that they're working with is driving us to a point where we all are going to have to face shortages, and shortages can also be about high prices, which is also devastating. So all of that said, head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. There you will find the one-year food kit for um, from my patriot supply it's under two thousand dollars great value so check it out and you will be really happy you did all right so obviously last night's big deal was tucker carlson's interview with president putin which is literally one of the most important interviews we've had in a very long time and it's a very important interview one to take very seriously tucker was put on the hit list for a to a kill list on in Ukraine and I just want to highlight that um we have a government right now that and I'm listing everybody in Congress one way or another that has been involved in funding Ukraine for billions of dollars and Tucker Carlson is now on a kill list not a hit list a kill list and it's published by the government it's an interesting site. I checked it out today. Um, this is a no-joke site. It is the Ukraine site where they can identify, put people on the list. They even have the NATO symbol on it, which is nice. And I've also always said NATO is not a North Atlantic Treaty Organization. It's the Nazi Treaty Organization, which I think is proving more and more true. And especially after the interview last night where... Putin, I, President Putin identified the fact that it was the British ambassador that intervened and prevented a peace treaty from being had. They wanted that war to happen. 
they needed the war to happen because they need a boogeyman and they need to accelerate a global war with Russia. The question of why always Russia probably needs to be asked, but most relevant in this day is the fact that Russia has rejected the central banking system, has developed its own system equivalent to SWIFT, has set up a gold-backed ruble as part of the growing BRICS nation ensemble of nations, has its own natural resources that are not controlled by Rockefeller or Rothschilds, and is innovating its own technologies to supersede the West and is now in good trade relationships with China. All of those things said that puts us in a very precarious position as a nation, and it's not a good one. It is easy to try to imagine that someone like President Trump can sweep in and change everything all of a sudden. I would argue that's not going to happen. And we're going to be in for a very long road ahead with a lot of the challenges. But nonetheless, keep in mind that for all the denial and all the left and all the idiots on the left, and, and really we're starting to come, we have to go beyond the point of idiots on the left. We are a nation that is, has a part of the population that is rapidly awakening and they're awakening through information, and most of those people are migrating towards a spiritual awakening as well. And then we have another block of people that are just retarded. They're, at this point in time, I have nothing nice to say. Because if you can't see the information and you can't see what's before you, that there's really extreme problems, and you're still supporting this administration, you're an idiot. So I want you to hear that, and I hope you're offended if you do support Biden. I want you to hear that you're an idiot. Because this administration is a bunch of bumbling fools. And they're driving us into this administration, which is run by neocons and leftists. They're all combined. They're all one uniparty. Want to inflame the world into a global nuclear war because it's the only way they can cover themselves. Now, I talked about this this morning, and it's important to understand a very principal issue. I'm not going to pedestalize President Putin, but I am going to really put him up on the pedestal for a couple of significant issues. He definitely supports two genders in his country. He definitely called out the loss, a, a moral bankruptcy. He didn't use that exact words, but a moral bankruptcy in the United States, which we have. We've lost our moral base in this nation. We have a nation that is literally a psychopathic elite that has rallied around a bunch of flipping idiots that believe that psychopathic elites are a good way to follow. And that group of people in that mass of people, whether it's independent, left, right, I don't care. It's all conglomerated into this LGBTQ pedophile flag that they fly. That's who they are. So we don't even have to identify them as left or right. We can just identify them by their bannerisms and what they call each other, which is woke. And they identify with woke. They identify with this liberalism of except everything goes, which is a Satanist core. Do as thou will, no accountability, no accountability to God, no accountability to anybody but themselves. And with this, they are the perpetuators and the, the actuators, the enhancers of the policies that end up causing children to be destroyed in the various forms. That would be these same people support abortion. These same people support genital mutilation in children. You know, it's interesting. We had this whole deal about genital mutilation in the Muslim culture. And now we, we're doing it all as part of a mainstream policy in the United States because you can just go to Planned Parenthood and have your son's balls cut off. I think Planned Parenthood is offering it. If not, there's plenty of surgery places around if you are so interested. I mean, this is I, I this incenses me that we even allow this stuff. I mean, here we are like bombing the life out of people in Gaza I would really encourage that we redirect those missiles to every Planned Parenthood and every gender modification facility in this entire nation. That would be a positive up, upswing. I would definitely support an increased military budget for that. But this is where we are so completely screwed up because we are watching a an elite class that is leading a bunch of idiots in this country down a path where destroying children, destroying the future is all part of it. Now, the upswing to that, I feel very sorry for these children. But fortunately, these parents that are doing this, the likelihood of them having any offspring that will carry their bloodline is diminishing rapidly, which as harsh as that is for the children, I'm sorry, but your parents are screwed up. And we have a self-terminating pathway ahead, which they will all, at the end of the day, not be able to perpetuate. And I'm 
that is perhaps very offensive to some people. And at this point in time, this problem has to be contained. It's ridiculous. The LGBTQ plus movement has to be eradicated, period. It is a cancer. They're, you know, they constantly are now saying like, this next government's going to try to destroy us. Yeah. Everybody in the Christian movement should want to destroy you. I am not opening my arms to you. Not in a policy that finds that perverted sex and mimicking anything under the sun, including looking out of a cat bowl and peeing in a cat box in school and then encouraging children to go through gender modification and from everything from hormone blockers to having surgery, you think that's right. That means you're saying to me, and this is so I will give you my opinion as in terms of like a David, you're saying to me that you tell me my God is imperfect. You've just offended me. If I had a stone, I'd put it through the middle of your head. That's the biblical response that I'll stand on. This is a disgusting era in our nation. Last night, President Putin did a fantastic job on that interview. And with it now, it has begun to rip, have its early ripple effects. People are asking questions, as they should. People are asking questions about the insanity of this current administration, which is here. It's an administration that we are literally seeing things spin out of control. We have an administration that has literally lost its mind and it's leading this country down to an abyss, which is not pretty, not healthy. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, we are, we are literally in a critical area. Take a listen to this piece. This happened today in the um, press briefing, and it's well-earned, by the way. One more. Okay. Thank you, Great. If the special counsel says President Biden's got significant limitations on his memory, then who is helping him run the country? The president of the United States runs the country. The commander in chief runs the country. How can he be trusted with the nuclear codes if I, I get that you're saying that uh, nobody in the building would say that he's got an issue with his memory, but just a little part of what we get to see, he's made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake on camera this week. So I want to be very clear here. Um, the reality is that report, that part of the report, does not live in reality. It just doesn't. So the special counsel it is, is it, lying it is, about the president's it memory. Is, it, is, it was gratuitous. You heard from my, you heard from Ian Sams, my colleague. Uh, it is unacceptable, and it does not live in reality. That is just the facts. And and look, it is a close case. That is what the special counsel said. And. What matters is here is that the president in the last three years has delivered on the economy, has delivered on health care, has turned this country around after the last president left us with an economy that was in a tailspin. That's what we were dealing with. That's what we were dealing with. If you think about the world leaders, world leaders and issues that have been going on in this country for the past two, three years, not in this country, in the world, right? When you think about Ukraine, the president was able to bring together NATO, NATO allies. They've been the strongest than they've ever been and make sure that we are providing what Ukraine, the brave people of Ukraine need as they're fighting aggression, uh, Putin's aggression. And that is what this president has, has been able to do. His, his experience as former senator, as former vice president, and now president, has gotten us to a place where we've been able to turn things around in a way that we meet the needs of the American people, whether it's domestic issues or national security issues. And that is uh, what matters. That part of the report does not live in reality. Bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. Well, it's awesome. We can take a question about Biden's mental state, and we end up in Ukraine. I don't know how we just did that, but that was masterful. This is the sort of spin that's going on all the time. And it's exactly what they want everybody to hear. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Russia, 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 Russia. We need to go back and remember, if you remember, the, a number of the servers, servers that were moved in the election and were even controlled by Google happened to be in Ukraine. Let's not forget that either. We forget these things. We forget that there's that every single... Our pharmaceutical company was anchored in Ukraine. We forget that there was over 20 bioweapons labs in Ukraine. 
And I think that's an interesting question we've never had answered. And some people seem to quickly forget they don't want that one under the in the in the public view. Oh yeah, that's right. There was another country, another town with the word China in the middle of it. My research shows that that whole China Wuhan nonsense was a complete false flag. It put us directed at China and away from the source of where that whole lab development was, of whatever COVID con was. And let us not forget that these bioweapons labs that were in Ukraine were developing genomic weapon systems, which the more we look and research into what this death shot is that was delivered in under the name of a COVID con, it looks like it was a genomic weapon system, meaning that we're seeing reactions to this shot based on the genetic profile of people and that's why it's delayed and why we're seeing certain things like turbo cancers now and we're going to see other latent results from this as they have torn apart this nation if you've taken the shot i just need to say this as as a reminder because it's easy to want to put it under the rug you haven't had any problems yet we're two years out you might be feeling comfortable i want to remind everybody that may have taken the shot and it's a serious thing, and I don't say this with with any lightheartedness at all. It's a dark statement I'm going to make. From Dr. Sherry Tenpenny to some of the French researchers when this first came out, your life expectancy got dropped to 10 years. That in the end of the day, you will likely die in 10 years if you took the shot. The only way we know that you can possibly get through this is to repent. And I don't mean like one time. I mean like this, a full-on repentance for a month with fasting. You might have a chance. And I'm really not exaggerating about any of this. And I don't say that with, with a sense of joy in my heart. It's, it's dark. It's horrible. So even if you have come to the light and you've seen the way, I am telling you, begin praying more than you ever have. Because the expectation of this, and I am not spellcasting you, I am telling you what the, what the data was showing is that everyone would be dead that took the shot within 10 years. We forget these things because we get into these lulls where like, whew, that was an intense period. We're heading into something more now. It's coming. And let me give you proof that it's coming because it started today. And it's quite amazing how quickly these things move. Here's the headline. Flight from hell. This is in DailyMail.com. Husband, 63, dies besides his wife when liters of blood shoot out of his nose and mouth all over the interior of the plane in front of screaming passengers flying from Bangkok to Germany. Hmm, that sounds a whole lot like Ebola or Marburg. Let the panic begin. And the games are now afoot, literally. We are starting to see them ramp up for this. We know that the Super Bowl is coming. And they, there was a parallel study showing that all these things are in parallel to 2020, which is exactly where we were in 2020. And we're going to see, obviously, we're getting ramped up with the queen of the new satanic cult, which is now taking the stage there, right? You can expect a sacrifice on that level soon, too. So we're, we're going to start seeing some stars, superstar sacrifices and we're going to see the mourning and the funerals and all of this. It's all part of the game of preparing for a new event, for a new type of pandemic. This is coming. Let me read you the beginning of an article. It's quite fascinating, um, with this piece here. And I'm just going to read this narrative. It's, it goes like this, and this is how it begins. And it says, the industry is huge, consisting a large portion of the nation's constituting a large portion of the nation's GDP. Millions of people earn their living through it directly or indirectly. Now, the beginning of this article says, I am thinking of a certain industry. See if you can guess what it is. So here, we'll start again. The industry is huge, constituting a large portion of the nation's GDP. Millions of people earn their living through it directly or indirectly. People at the top of the industry, who operate mostly behind the scenes, of course, are among the super rich. The industry's corporations lobby the nation's government relentlessly to the tune of billions of dollars per year, both to secure lucrative contracts and to influence national policy in their favor. This investment pays off richly, sometimes reaching trillions of dollars. The corporations supplying the industry with its material conduct advanced highly technical research that is far beyond the understanding of the average citizen. The citizens fund this research. However, through tax dollars, unbeknownst to them, 
Many of the profits gained from the products developed using tax dollars are kept by the corporation's executives and investors. The corporation supplying this industry with its material conduct, uh, let's see, excuse me, the, the industry addresses fundamental life or death issues facing the nation. As such, a relentless, it relentlessly promotes itself as a global force for good, claiming to produce and protect and save countless lives. However, it kills a lot of people too. And the balance is not always in the favorable, in the favorable side. This operational side of this industry is emphatically top-down in its structure and function. Those who work on at the ground level must undergo rigorous training to standardize their attitudes and behavior. They must follow strict codes of practice, and they are subject to harsh professional discipline if they deviate from accepted policies and procedures or even if they publicly question them. Are you starting to think what industry this is? Finally, these ground-level personnel are handled in a peculiar manner. Publicly, they are frequently lauded as heroes, particularly under declared periods of crisis. Privately, they are kept completely in the dark regarding the high-level industry decisions, and they are often lied to outright by those at higher levels of command. The grunts, in quotations, even significantly forfeit some fundamental civil liberties for the privilege of working in this industry. What industry am I describing? If you answered the military, of course you would be correct. However, if you answered the medical industry, you would be every bit as right. Our medical industry has become the new military industrial complex. Its profit is on the development of new drugs in, and to develop new drugs, you have to have new threats. So in order to be successful, you have to create the threat in order to create the drug. So if you're, Thinking that through, you would realize that the best thing to do would be to create a drug and then to create a scenario where that drug would apply, and then you would cre use that to create a threat so that the drug you created was ready to deploy and you can be a hero. Sounds kind of like COVIDCon. Sounds like, kind of like the next version of X or whatever they're doing, which I don't know what this thing is with X lately. It's bizarre. So we are literally problem, reaction, solution. And this is where we sit in the world right now in a in a way, even in this country, as we continue to spiral into the abyss and do so with a smile on our face. But don't worry, because the propaganda has continued to in increase again to make you feel good about the falling apart of your nation. So this, how is it, how is it that the biggest political talking point right now since October 2019, native-born U.S. workers have lost 1.4 million jobs over the same period, foreign-born workers have gained 3 million jobs. Huh. That comes from Zero Hedge on Twitter. But here's the best headline yet. Illegal immigration will boost U.S. GDP by $7 trillion. So I want you to feel good about the illegals coming in. I want you to feel good about the fact that most of them will vote Democrat and that if the Pentagon has its way, they will replace most of the military with these unvaccinated, very obedient immigrants. And we will end up with a force that has nothing to do with our Constitution, but which is in the hands of tyranny. And when they say, please go occupy this state or this town and please put them all in quarantine because we have a threat of a new Ebola virus, they will obey without question. I don't know how it's possible at this point in time that people cannot see the truth before them and that the engineered system that's ahead of us, how strategic it was to deliver a vaccine. And, it, you know, I'm never, we're never going to have to, we're never going to be able to say this is okay because Trump was the vaccine salesman. End of story. Whatever his motives are, he still has to be held accountable for that. And whatever he's promising to do coming into this, he still was the vaccine salesman. The dude was out there in front telling everybody to take it. It's like, no, I'm not going to require it, but yes, you should take it. And even quoted as saying that if people were, didn't want to take it, he would have persuaded them to, which means I would have used information operations to influence their decision and outcome. So I vote for Trump. Don't vote for Trump. The reality is that is a fact. It's an indisputable fact that no one pushed the vaccine as hard as Trump, and he took it to his base. And there's been many MAGA, MAGA followers that openly said, thank God for President Trump, I took the vax, because he said so, I took it. Consequences are miserable. 
when you take something like that. And they are. Our military right now is suffering miserably. These are not good outcomes in our military at all. We are seeing massive increases in myocarditis in some of the worst parts of our society. And these, these issues that we are facing right now are completely destroying our read, readiness. I, that needs to be said. We have an increase of about 60 to 70%. At some points, it's as high as 130%. And everything, every one of these concepts of consequences of the vax, it's happening. And because it's happening, we are now faced with a new crisis in our nation. And that it is a, a crisis where we have a military that is ill-prepared, can't respond. And even if they could respond, I wouldn't trust them in combat because most of them having taken it are going to be stressed by the events. And in so doing, they are not going to be able to withstand the, the, the threat and the, the intensity that the conflict will result in. I want you to hear this piece here. It's, it's rather disturbing, but it's on point. Take a listen. You see my wife's recent post. And I want to elaborate on that and give you an example as to why reinstatement, back pay, and, and apologies isn't enough. So in July, Undersecretary Cisneros acknowledged the DMET data, the database working properly, and also acknowledged things such as myocarditis rising 151%. So what I did, I went in today. Um, I'm doing the same thing, five-year average. However, I'm comparing it to 2022, and I only am using fixed-wing pilots and helicopter pilots, active duty. So we get hypertensive disease, 36%, ischemic heart disease, 69%, pulmonary heart disease, 62%, heart failure, 973%, other forms of heart disease, 63%. Cardiomyopathy, 152%. Did you get all that? Because the, the thing that you just said was that heart failure in pilots, fixed-wing pilots in DMED, which is the equivalent to bears for the military, is up over 900%. Heart failure. You don't fight a war without having air dominance. Not in this day. So then you have to look at what's going on in the Pentagon. And you have to look at the budgets of what they're developing. And naturally they're developing artificial intelligence, autonomous vehicles. They're developing more drone capability. They're developing more single pilot with swarm drone swarms that fly around their vehicles. These are the technologies that they're developing because they know what they have done. All of this is part of a plan. A plan to destroy the military as we know it, a plan to destroy the United States as we know it, and then a plan to replace these people with obedient slaves and put them in the positions of power. It's the oldest trick in the book. So Americans suffer. Americans are left without food. Americans are left without the things that they need. And they're left to grovel and beg while illegal aliens get all the support. Take a listen to this. Is this. I see homeless folks in the streets of New York all the time that are American citizens. I damn sure see them in California. We've got poor, impoverished, starving people who were born and raised in this nation. How in the hell do we come up with a $53 million pilot pro program for illegals but folks who are here legally are born here. We don't have enough for them. Just like we could come up with billions for Ukraine. But somehow, some way, we can't fix the homeless problem. I'm down for helping Israel. I'm down for helping address the situations with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Okay? I'm down for helping the Ukrainians and fight North Russia. What about poor and desolate citizens here? How the hell do you print money for foreign countries? But you don't print that money to help eradicate folks that are starving right here in the streets of America who were born and raised here. This is what I'm talking about. 
And so when you have something like that, what's the one way to eradicate it? Yes, you got to have a flourishing economy. Yes, you can't have inflation. Yes, you can't be on the verge of a recession. Milk don't need to cost $7. Bread don't need to cost $5. Don't get me started with how much sugar costs. You can talk about employment all you want to. You can talk about the labor participation rate. But guess what? If you ain't making no damn money and you got to get two jobs to pay the same prices or to buy the same amount of stuff that you used to buy and the price is higher than it used to be because of inflation, then guess what? What are you really accomplishing? That's why Trump is on the verge of getting elected, reelected. Because when he was in office, there was a flourishing economy. So, you- Yep. And that, by the way, came from Stevens A. Smith, who had been a former leftist. He's left the leftist wokes crowd, which is good. Glad to see it. The reality is, in our country, it's it's easy to point our finger at one man, and people love to do it, the Biden administration. This isn't just the Biden administration. And I think that's the part that people have to really choke down and realize. We're not just dealing with the Biden administration. We're dealing truly with one of the most deeply embedded evils we've ever imagined. This began with Bush 1. Let's be real. Bush 1. He was the one who brought it to us in his New World Order speech. He was the one that literally said at the time, like, you know, hey, we, we're, gonna, we're going to have a New World Order. We're going to be happy we did it. And you're going to be happy we did it. Whatever else goes along with that. Right? So I want you to hear this piece that Greg Reese did. I played it this morning, but it's worth hearing again because this is really gives puts us in context, especially with the Putin interview, of where things were and who, what is behind the time, the place we're in today. This was the unit party in play. It included Obama. It included Bush, Bush two. It included Clinton, and it includes Biden and all these other cronies. This is the whole part of the new American century. Take a listen. On January 16th of 1991, as the Soviet Union was collapsing and the Cold War coming to an end, George H.W. Bush publicly announced a new campaign of American dominance, which he called the New World Order. This is an historic moment. We have in this past year made great progress in ending the long era of conflict and Cold War. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, We have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Vladimir Putin told Oliver Stone that in the year 2000, he asked President Clinton if Russia could join NATO, which he said made the American delegation very nervous. They were not interested in world peace. They had different plans. In 1997, the Project for the New American Century was founded by William Crystal and Victoria Newland's husband, Robert Kagan. In September of 2000, they published their agenda entitled Rebuilding America's Defenses, which outlined an ambitious and aggressive plan to achieve world dominance, starting in the Middle East and ending with Russia. The document acknowledged the fact that their world domination efforts would trouble American allies and could therefore be a long process absent some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. A year after publishing this, 2,000 people were murdered in the World Trade Center and blamed on a small terrorist group created by the CIA. And with this catastrophic and catalyzing event, the plan for a new American century went into action. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon, and and one of the generals called me, and he says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq? Why? He said, I don't know. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, 
And by that time, we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense Office today. And he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. George H.W. Bush's son, George W., began a propaganda campaign to sell the American public on overthrowing Iraq. I take the threat very seriously. I take the fact that he develops weapons of mass destruction very seriously. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. When the lies became obvious, George W. made jokes while reveling in the blood of the innocent. Those weapons of mass destruction got to be somewhere. <laughs> nope, no weapons over there. Secretary of State Madeleine Albright said that murdering millions of Iraqi children was worth it. We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. The power-hungry cabal, made up of close-knit families who practice multi-generational child abuse and mass mind control, began overthrowing sovereign nations, and murdering innocent civilians became the new norm for U.S. foreign policy. But their plan for global domination was failing, and starting in 2020, with the COVID scam, they began targeting U.S. citizens. They have become desperate, and they are going for broke slaughtering innocent Palestinians to spark a war with Iran and sacrificing the people of Ukraine to hopelessly take on Russia. These inbred families are getting old and they are fighting for their lives. There is too much at stake for them to ever give up, which makes them more dangerous than ever. But they are few and we are many and they must be stopped. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Yes, they are few, we are many, but we haven't quite figured that part out yet, unfortunately. The issues and policies of this, of this current administration and of those in power, which is really the only thing the Trump group did is to suppress them for a while. Unfortunately, President Trump managed to pick some really bad players that he put around him. And I don't, I don't really know what that was. But he's continued to t pick deep state actors that went around him and I don't think we achieved what we could have achieved in the first four years. It would have been ideal. More, we could have done a lot more, is my point. But we are looking at these new policies that are coming in. Biden's climate and ESG policies threaten the food supply, think tank warns. The new report from the right-leaning think tank, the Buckeye Institute, sounded the alarm on the Biden administration's net zero climate control policies and that, agenda items, and that the agenda items threaten U.S. food production. The report released on February 7th found the, the climate policies and mandates guided by the Environmental, Social, and Governance ESG agenda that is being pushed by the Biden administration. Let's back up. It's not being pushed by the Biden administration, and this is what I, it bothers me about these reports. It's being pushed by BlackRock. You have to go higher up in the food chain because Biden is just the fall guy. And until we get to the higher ups, which is exactly what President Putin was saying last night, is that the people that are running this are people you don't know. This goes up higher than Larry Fink. This goes into the world banking sex segment, which in, when you get to the root of these people, they're all Nazi, tyrannical fools. And every one of them, I guarantee you, I don't even have to take a second guess on this one. I'll say it and stand on it. Every one of those people look at children for a sacrifice or personal pleasure or both. These are sick people. The most disgusting of disgustings. And that also leads us to Ukraine, which he didn't touch on last night. But the fact of the matter is that all this origins back to Ukraine take us back to the Kazarian Mafia, which ties us back to old Russia and the war between Russia and Ukraine. When they were given a choice of what religion they would take and the red, what we call the Red Jews, the Kazarian Mafia took the, 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 took the title as Jews. They're not real Jews. They just took it. So... We are looking at a real crisis, though, with food. 
And the report released on February 7th found that the climate policies and mandates guided by the environmental, social, and governance agenda will be is being pushed by, as I said, Biden administration, no, by international bankers and maniacal fools like Larry Fink, carries a hefty price tag for American farmers and consumers. To better appreciate the true costs that American farmers and households will likely pay for the Biden administration's net zero policies and objectives, the Buckeye Institute of Economic Research developed a model corn farm that must play for the pay, play by the government's new carbon emission rules, wrote the report. And so the farm's operational costs and expected as expected all rose significantly. One of the things they're also talking about now, which is mandating that even small ranchers will tag their animals with a digital ID tag that any environmentalist can monitor your animals. <laughs> I don't know if you could guess this answer, but uh, the answer would be no. It ain't happening on my ranch. Sorry. Nice, but no. And unless you want to come on my property, the answer would be no. And then I would still say no on a lot of different levels and just encourage you not to do it. I think I, I do think it's probably a good time to bring on some pigs. It's probably a good idea. Carbon pricing will increase the average U.S. grocery bill by $110 per month, $1,330 annually, or by 15%. That's on top of an inflation of a collapsing dollar that we're already seeing a, a raw home inflation, basic goods inflation of 35 to 50% over this last three years. So you're going to add another 15% on that with a declining dollar. We don't have to worry about... We literally do not have to worry about people not having food. What you have to worry about is whether people can buy food. And that takes us back to that earlier discussion we had, which was by Stephen Smith, which he's saying that's basically it. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter what, what if you're making two jobs to make up for one. If you can't buy it, you can't buy it. And that's going to be the, the biggest challenge ahead of us is whether people can actually afford things. You have an increasing cost of all of this. Obviously, you have a, a big move to get people into renting. And all of this is about the control system that they're putting in place to get everybody where you'll own nothing, rent everything, you'll be happy. Please add to that the nanotechnology we want to inject into you so we can modify your behavior and your emotions so you'll literally walk around like a hand puppet and we can make you smile even when you don't and we'll turn your world into a happy euphoria, especially if we can get VR goggles on you you won't know the difference between hell and reality. In fact, hell will start to look a whole lot like a very happy place and smell like roses. That is literally where we're going. And this whole structure of our government is that rancid and that rotten. The problem is that when you get something that rancid and rotten, like things happen, if you make a house roof full of cow manure, at the end of the day, Cow manure is going to leak into your house, and it's going to make everything smell like cow manure. That's what we're dealing with here. We have a roof that's made of literally cow poo, and it's been leaking and raining, and it's coming through and everything, and it's affecting people's moral base. We are not going to succeed in this nation, and it is literally a thing I keep saying over and over. You can win every battle, and you will lose the war if we don't make a moral shift in this nation a moral pivot away from this stuff. And the core of this is woke. Well, and the broad capture title of what wokeism is, we have to get back to a moral reset. That, and fundamentally, that is a, those are Christian values. They are fundamentally Christian values. We don't need obedience in prayer. We need willful wanting to do prayer. We don't need to dictate that you have to read the Bible. We're telling you make, need to make the choice of reading the Bible. But all of that is about establishing a responsible, accountable, moral character in the nation. And in doing so, there is a pivot that happens that then we start to see the world through a different lens. Unfortunately, and you know, if you read the beginning of the Founders Bible, by the way, it's really fascinating because when we think of Bible study and Bible groups today, it's always the pastors, the preachers that we look to start them. At the beginning of our nation, it wasn't that at all. It was the generals. It was the politicians. It was the local bankers. It was the people in responsible for the communities that 
leaders in the community in various forms that were starting these Bible study groups. That was at the beginning of our nation because they understood the importance of having a, the Bible as a foundation for the country. Only later did that get passed off onto pastors and preachers like, y'all need to take care of this responsibility for us now. That wasn't in the beginning at all. And literally, we had revolutionary generals starting this stuff, congressmen starting this, statesmen. I mean, this is, that's, how, that's who was starting our Bible studies in our country, in our communities. We have to get back to that. And to get there, that means every single one of us has a huge action to do, which is literally spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not going to win this war, and I mean this over and over. We will not go anywhere if we don't get a moral pivot made in this nation. When you start looking at National Guard soldiers that are down there on the border and they're giving an order and they're like, you need to let all these illegals in. This just came in today. And when they're challenged, they're like, well, we have an order. That is not what they swore an oath to. They swore an oath to protect and defend enemies foreign domestic. And part of that was the Constitution, which says very clearly that we are supposed to protect the border. But the problem is there's no education on the Constitution. There's no education on what moral character is. There's no education or understanding of what moral strength is. We are a morally injured, and that was a, that's a quote from Brad Miller. That's, we are a morally injured nation, and I would add we are morally bankrupt as a nation. I mean, how else can you describe a nation that literally just quietly goes along and it's like, oh, yeah, we got a big industry of killing kids in the womb. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, we got a few states that are telling us we can kill those kids even after birth. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Yeah, it's just a free choice. A free, free country. We can do what we want. Free country. Killing babies is part of it. You know, tonight I literally worked, I was supposed to be on a call today at 4.30 my time. I rolled in to do the show 15 minutes before it started because what I was doing was going out and moving cattle and trying to pull together some calves that had separated from their mamas. And I had to because not the mamas were so upset about it. They were on the opposite side. They're another field was separated by a fence and the calves were so stubborn and dumb, which is normal, that they couldn't figure out. I was trying to lead them around the backside to get them to their mamas. Nothing was working. And the cows were, the mamas were totally agitated because they could see their, their, their babies and they couldn't get to them. I say this a lot because when you look at animals and how they treat their children, I mean, I don't think it would, if a cow could talk and you could sit down and go, hey, would you like to abort your baby? I don't think they would even know what to say, even if they had words to say it. They'd be like, are, are you out of your mind? We have a cow that lost its baby early on. You remember it was one of it's like baby number three, calf number three was killed by coyotes. That mama suffered has been in a, a bit of a depression for two months. And it's finally coming through with it. And the herds brought her back. That's how important birth is to animals. I don't know what's happened to us. Because that's part of our moral shift. If we don't get back to where every single person in this nation values children and values birth and values family, forget winning the war. So that's where our action item is. I mean, we come down to all these things, and, and I get people asking me frequently, like, what are we going to do now? I would say... Get a home church going if you don't have a church to go to. Start talking about family. If, you have, if you're divorced, if you've had problems with family, whatever it is, get on your knees, repent, work through God, fix it, and become an example of great, a greatness in your community and lead people to keep family strong and to value children. That's how you win this thing. It's not really any more difficult than that. Because that establishes the moral foundational shift. And get kids out of public school, please. But, man, I'm telling you, this is a, we're, we're lost as a nation. And when you look at what President Putin is doing to kind of come full circle to where we begin, at least we can have all the criticism you want, but this is where you know where the real fear is. Because he will not acknowledge the pedophile cult that goes by the rainbow flag with those other blue things they put on it, whatever they do. He will not acknowledge that, as he should not. He's doing the right thing. But that, those are the people like, you know, Victoria Newland. By the way, 
what is with her neck? I, woman, it looks like a linebacker, which just means she's probably, it is probably a gender flip. Just count on it. And it looks like a gender flip. It looks like a Slavic man that like decided to have its genitals cut off. So we are literally in a place right now where we are ring run by satanic gender flipped freaks of the LGBTQ movement. And they are a problem. That entire culture is a problem. It's all part of Romans 1, 18 to 32. Ultimately, they are the reprobate mind and they have control of the power systems. They have They've seized control of media. They're the ones running the running the industry of entertainment. They're the ones embedded in the legal areas. And we've just accepted it. Go on the offensive. No more time to accept this stuff. Call it out. Push onto it. Be ready for a counterattack. Push in hard. Have scriptures ready in your hand and crush it. Because these people need to be called out and exposed for what they are. And do everything you can in your local community to pull together the resources to expose them for what they are. They've they're brought this on themselves. And love thy brother does not mean love thy pedophile in your community. At risk always is the future of this nation through the children. And everything that we're looking at when you water it all down, it is a sex, it is a perverted sex cult that's leading this nation. Because everything they do is about that. And if you look at this entire movement, I mean, you look at what these people, the people that they use in their movement, it's people that are completely insecure with who they are. They don't know God. They don't know who they are. If it's a racial issue, then people have to identify themselves as race. If it's a gender issue, then people have to identify themselves as one of their 75 million genders. If it is a sexual issue, then they all have to tell you what type of sex, sexual preference they have, like I could care. But in the terms of, of God, I care a lot. So since you want to bring it into the public space, we need to attack it. It was convenient when it was in their bedroom. And even though we, as a nation, we are collectively responsible for one another. But now that we do want everything to be in the public space, okay, game on. And let the games begin. Patriots, let's pray. We are um, going to start tonight with a prayer for uh, the Resistance Chicks are doing a revival tomorrow. It's going to be in, in uh, Dan Patch in Indiana. If you have not had the opportunity to, if you don't know about that and you want to know about it, go on over to resistancechicks.com. There's a banner up there. You can click on it. Uh, this was the revival they were going to have about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and the storms kind of pushed it off. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. There's going to be some good pastors there, including Pastor Devin East. Um, it's going to be, they're going to be doing baptisms. They're going to be doing baptism by fire, baptism by water, and there's going to be a lot of uh, good deliverance work going on. So I would encourage you to head on over there if you're so inclined. Um, and those that information is on their website. So, Father, God, I just wanted to thank you today for our assembly and our coming together in this fellowship. And we're just going to begin by praying for mercy for our nation, a nation that is literally wandering still to such a degree because we are allowing so much of these things to go unaccounted. And so, Father, as we pray for mercy of our nation, I'm going to be also praying for accountability for our nation, a rise of accountability, an awakening of the need for accountability in our nation. This is a time we literally have to step up and start taking responsibility for what this nation is supposed to be about and the actions are, and we need to speak out and speak truth and truth to power. Father, for Michelle and, and Leah, of Resistance Chicks, and all that they're doing tomorrow with that damn patch revival, we just pray a blessing over there, place a hedge of protection around all of those that are traveling to that site to keep them safe, to bring them there together so they have a, an amazing fellowship. We just pray for the anointings that that are needed to as they bring people together to lift them up, to literally run the whole five-fold ministry from prophetic to apostolic, healing the sick and the broken, casting out demons and raising dead. And all of that be tomorrow, Father. We just bless that for all of them and allow that assembly of people to stand up and be mighty and to stand as warriors in Christ as they move towards the end of the evening to take on principalities within that region in particular as a state that was the home and still a place of worship 
for Alfred Kinsey, who did so much destruction to the family and to the children of our nation. Father, that's at the core of everything is our love for children. And it's just, we watch a war wage on and all the component parts that place stress and pressures upon a family to fracture it and break it down. And we just ask for a reason mind to step back and realize what the real target is. They want the children. And so we have to be able to shift and pivot. We have to be able to think clearly as stewards and protectors of our children. And we have to be able to lean in more than ever now and to protect the children and to overcome this evil that uses every vector possible in a fight to try to break the will of people and ultimately force people into the compliance of their evil strategies. For those parents that are have made the decision to destroy the temple of the child, to modify their gender, which can never be redone or undone. We pray that they'll find their way to Jesus and seek forgiveness in their life before they're cast into the lake of fire themselves. And for those children that was suffered by the hands of stupid parenting or deluded parenting, we just pray a prayer of blessing and miracle healing over these children. It's, it's a tragedy that we're going to have to live with. For those parents sitting on the cusp of thinking that they're doing the right thing for their child to try to lead them into the altar of sacrifice for Baal and Moloch, may they just have a moment of encounter with Christ to shake them and awaken them to who they really should be serving and not the dark Lord of hell that they are serving. And Father, we close this prayer tonight just with a prayer of blessing and, and request that we every person in this country, for that matter, in the world, can have an encounter with Jesus. I don't care where they sit in their life. I don't care if they've accepted Christ, not accepted Christ. I don't care if they're Muslim. I don't care if they're Jew. I don't care if they are, if they're Hebrew, or um, not Hebrew, but Buddhist, Hindu, whatever they are. May they have an encounter with Jesus. May that encounter be the warrior king that he is, also with the heart of forgiveness and compassion for who they are. And let that experience be profound to shake them to their very core, to have us understand truly whom it is we serve. And we say all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So yes, we need an encounter. That would be a good one. That's the one thing that will change the world instantly. Seriously. We can have an economy fall. You know, and this is the problem with where we are in this nation. And we literally can have an economy fall you can have the food vacate off the shelves. And the first people, things people are going to do is they're going to probably blame Trump if you're a liberal because you're you're good at, liberals are good at just finding some other vector to point to blame at. And then they're going to turn to the government and go, where are you? Even better will be this one because you know this is going to come. It'll be the liberals in, in, in particular, this woke left, it'll be, where's our military to feed us? <laughs> oh my gosh. Nothing like living in Barnum and Bailey's circus in the clown section of the circus. That's literally what our nation's become. We are literally a bunch, we are like watching the, the clowns come out of the Volkswagen. You ever seen that? Like 50 clowns inside of a Volkswagen that should hold four. That's, that's the world we live in. So we're all good. Someone asked, how did I fix the mama cow problem? I put the calves back with the mama. That's easy. Just how to bring the calves back together. She was bellowing for it, so I rounded up the calves and I pushed them over, and they're stubborn and they're a pain, and they're not easy to move. And there's a little baby that I'm a little worried about because it needs nourishing, and I haven't, I'm still not certain it's with the right mama, but it'll figure it out. It's with the herd, so we're good. And that's how we make cows happy. If only humanity was fixed that simply. So, patriots. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow night, actually, for the gospel of peace, the new Saturday night show at 7 p.m. Until then, or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I
Get back in my body. 